0: Here we go. You're listening to Sounds Good, the podcast that
1: makes your sounds sound good. This show is sponsored by GoToMeeting. In this episode of Sounds Good, we'll discuss audio restoration or the art and science of repairing sound files. We'll listen to a very interesting Skype interview I had with Gordon Reed, Managing Director of Cedar Audio. The number one company in audio restoration services and products. There's also some brand new Loopmasters download packs I would like to bring to your attention. But let's start with the restoration of sound. When do we need to restore audio? Well, when things didn't exactly go the way we'd like them to. And it's impossible, expensive, or very difficult to get another chance to do a recording of the same thing. For instance, we recorded some vocals, but there appeared some AC hum on our recordings. Or we've recorded some background hiss that we'd like to get rid of. Another popular application is the recording of old vinyl records, where we'd like to remove some of the clicks and crackle. From my personal experience, there are typically two kinds of audio restoration. The most common scenario is where things were pretty bad in the beginning, and by means of some digital wizardry we can turn our mess into something that's more acceptable. But there's some trade-off and we're happy with every increase of quality we can get. The other scenario is where there's something that can be completely removed without audible artefacts. This certainly is less common, but it does happen from time to time. At any rate, it's better to prevent disaster if we can. A word about the examples we'll listen to. I have chosen to create some examples myself, where I've deliberately introduced a lot of unwanted noise to a pristine sample. For reference, this is the undamaged sound.
2: This is the new sound, Uh uh-huh.
1: Rest assured that we'll listen to actual fixes to these examples. We won't just play the original again and call it a miracle. Also do realize that I've made my examples pretty bad for illustration purposes. If your file has a more subtle problem you might also get better results. With that out of the way let's do some damage. One of the most obvious repair tools is an equalizer or filter. In the work I do for television we often get dialogues that were recorded in noisy environments, for instance inside a driving car. Of course it's pretty much impossible to remove the entire car from the dialogue, but we can certainly make the recording a bit better. Let's say this is our recording.
2: This is the new sound. Uh Uh-huh.
1: We can hear that the motor of the car occupies a lot of low-end. If we put this sound through an equalizer or high-pass filter, we can remove a lot of the low-end before we reach the frequency range of the human voice. For this purpose we use Logic's linear phase EQ and turn on the high-pass filter. We'll use a steep 48 dB per octave slope. In this example we can chop off everything below something like 250 Hz
2: is the new sound. Uh-huh.
1: If we allow the high pass filter to start at an even higher frequency, the original female vocal gets too thin.
2: This is the new sound. Uh-huh.
1: So we'll leave it at 250 Hz.
2: This is the new sound. Uh-huh.
1: Sounds a lot better than the original, don't you agree?
2: This is the new sound. Uh-huh.
1: In our next example, we only use the pencil tool. For the sake of example, let's say there's a tick in one of our recordings.
2: This is the new sound! Uh huh.
1: The source of such a tick can be all kinds of things, for instance static electricity. This is typically something we can remove entirely from our file. Using Logic Sample Editor we open the sound file. We can zoom in and see exactly what causes the tick.
2: Th- is
1: the new Now we select the pencil tool and draw over the tick. We use our imagination to guess what the curve should have looked like at this point. And the tick is gone.
2: This is the new sound! Uh huh.
1: Most sound editing software can perform this kind of wave surgery. For instance, Soundtrack Pro has a similar pencil tool. And this is how it looks in Pro Tools. If your software refuses to let you edit the waveform, try zooming in a bit closer. Now let us do a bit of vinyl restoration. Here's our sample with some vinyl scratches on it.
2: This is the new sound! Uh huh.
1: For this example, we use Soundtrack Pro. We move to the Analysis tab and check clicks and pops. Then we ask Soundtrack Pro to analyze the sound file. After a while, we see it finds quite a bit of clicks and pops. We click fix all and Soundtrack Pro works its magic. The file then sounds like this.
2: This is the new sound. Uh huh.
1: Soundtrack Pro indeed has removed quite a bit of clicks and pops. We can again high pass filter the result around 250 Hz to remove even more turntable noise.
2: This is the new sound. Uh huh.
1: Something to keep in mind is the fact that the order in which restoration processes are carried out makes a great deal of difference to the quality of the result. The correct sequence is de-click, de-crackle, de-buzz and then de-hiss. This last bit of information comes straight from the Cedar Audio website. You can find a link to the entire article in the show notes. Let's remove some AC power hum now. You might think that dehumming humming is easy because there's only a signal at 50 or 60 Hz. So wouldn't a notch filter at the exact frequency remove all the hum? Well, not really. AC hum is a complex signal, not just a sine wave. So there's a fundamental frequency at 50 or 60 Hz depending on the country you live in, and harmonics at multiples of those frequencies. Here's our file in which we've recorded the 60Hz power hum by accident.
2: This is the new sound. Uh-huh.
1: In Soundtrack Pro, we again go to the analysis tab, check powerline hum and analyze our file. We can click Fix and our file then sounds like this.
2: This is the new sound. Uh-huh.
1: I've done some de-humming for a client a while back using Waves X-Hum, which also gave me very good results. Let's listen to the same file using Wave's XHUM. XHUM has some very handy presets for 50 or 60 Hz power hum. Here's how it sounds with the basic 60 Hz hum preset.
2: This is the new sound! Uh huh.
1: You can see in the screenshot how these are harmonically linked notch filters at work, at 60 Hz and multiples of 60 Hz. There's a second preset we can use called DC Rumble and 60 Hz. It removes some low end using a high-pass filter and removes any unwanted DC offset as well. The result sounds like this.
2: This is the new sound. Uh-huh.
1: As you can hear, removing AC HUM from a file is very well possible. The Wave's X Hum filter gives us more control and is also able to remove more HUM than Soundtrack Pro did. It also seems to me that the Soundtrack Pro Hum removal introduced something like Reverb, which is not or less present in the Waves version. Let's hear that one more time. Soundtrack Pro
2: This is the new sound. Uh huh. And Waves. This is the new sound. Uh huh.
1: The last and most difficult kind of noise we look at is broadband noise. Here's our problem file which has a noise floor around minus 33 dB full scale.
2: This is the new sound, Uh
1: uh-huh. The biggest challenge with this kind of noise reduction is finding a balance between noise reduction and artifacts. You know, when it starts to sound a bit like this. Nevertheless, we can sometimes get quite good results. Let's start with Soundtrack Pro. We select a bit of noise and choose Process, Set Noise Print. Soundtrack Pro now knows what's considered noise. We then select the entire file and choose Process, Reduce Noise. A dialogue is presented where we can set some parameters. If we set the threshold to minus 12 dB the noise is pretty much gone, but so is the quality of the vocal.
2: Uh
1: At a threshold of about minus 38 dB the noise reduction is substantial and we still have a good sounding female vocal.
2: Uh
1: Let's see if Wave's X noise can do a better job. We again select a bit of noise. We click Learn. X-Noise now learns what we consider noise. A red line indicates the noise profile. We can stop the learning process by again clicking on Learning. We then make sure all sample data is selected. Here's how it sounds when we set Threshold to 12.1 dB, Reduction to 100, Attack at 0 and Release at 0.
2: This is the new sound! Uh huh.
1: One clever thing we can do is to use the difference setting where we only listen to the part that's considered noise. That way we can interactively change the controls until the original signal starts showing up in the noise. Sometimes it's a better trade-off to leave some noise in the recording. Here's Waves X noise again with threshold at 8.1.
2: This is the new sound. Uh Uh-huh
1: it still has dropped the noise floor to about minus 46 db full scale removing broadband noise from files is typically very difficult because artifacts show up pretty quickly but in some situations we can really improve the quality of a sample without compromising the sound too much i waste hours in traffic trying to get to my client's offices for meetings In fact, I spend more time GETTING to meetings than I actually do MEETING. This can't really be productive. Great news to anyone who feels unproductive. There is an easier and more affordable way. GoToMeeting, the award-winning service that lets you hold meetings over the internet with people in multiple locations. Just log on to gotomeeting.com and start meeting with a click. Instantly everyone sees your computer desktop on their computer screen. It's like meeting in person but less expensive and less time consuming. Meet from your office, home, hotel room, anytime, anywhere. Plus you can hold as many meetings as you want for one flat rate. Try GoToMeeting today free for 45 days. Just visit gotomeeting.com slash podcast. That's gotomeeting.com slash podcast. Do more and travel less with GoToMeeting. After the next message, we'll listen to an interview I had with Gordon Reed... ...managing director of Cedar Audio Limited. He's got lots of interesting things to say about the art and science of audio restoration. Inside Home Recording, the podcast
0: that covers the latest in home studio recording... ...with your hosts, Paul Garay and Derek K. Miller. Hi, I'm Paul. And I'm Derek. Inside Home Recording is the longest-running podcast about recording music in your home or project studio. We started
1: it in August 2005.
0: We release a new show every two weeks and it's packed with honest gear reviews, guest interviews, news, tips, opinions, and cool recording giveaways. We have thousands of listeners around the world who keep giving us five-star reviews. We're part of the Home Recording Network and Apple even asked Paul to host their online podcast seminar. You had to mention that, didn't you? So how do people find us? Just search your favorite podcast directory for Home Recording or head on over to Inside Home Recording. Recording.com. We have a blog and forums there too. Well, I think that covers it. If you're interested in digital audio, come check us out at Inside Home Recording.
1: And remember to turn up that cowbell. Happy recording. insidehomerecording.com. Today we are talking to Gordon Reed, Managing Director of Cedar Audio Limited, second to none when it comes to audio restoration, hardware, software, and surfaces. He's also well known for his excellent articles in Sound on Sound magazine. So, hello Gordon, can you please tell us something about yourself and how you got involved with Cedar Audio?
0: I'm the managing director of Cedar Audio Limited in the UK. I was the person who was charged by the British Library to take the university research into audio restoration and turn it into a viable product and a company all the way back in 1989. I've been here since then. Developing Cedar, developing the company and its profile worldwide, although not developing the products because we've got much cleverer people than me to do that.
1: And are you personally doing any audio restoration these days as part of your job? Not very much, unfortunately. I'd like to
0: have time to have a much more hands-on approach. But the time and pressures of running the company mean that I don't get to spend as much time either as a musician or in the studio as I would like. As a company, of course, CEDAR is preeminent in the field of audio restoration, and worldwide we have customers working in every field from soundtrack finalising for film and video post-production, DVD and CD mastering, libraries, archives, broadcasters, and also a lot of police and security forces who use our cleanup and speech enhancement for cleaning up security tape surveillance and so
1: forth. The first time we've met, you were doing a very impressive product demo for Cedar Audio in Amsterdam. Do you still do product demos? Actually, I do. That's part
0: of the job that I enjoy very much. Not in the UK, because we have dedicated staff here to do that. But when I'm traveling and go and support our dealers, which can be anywhere in the world... We do demonstrations and quite frequently do things like AES and SIMT presentations as well. And I enjoy that part of the job very much.
1: I still recall the demo you did, which was several years ago. You showed me how you could remove camera noise in real time. This was really astounding.
0: The thing that did the removal and did it so well was the product. Often I think that Cedar products almost demonstrate themselves because they work. As a demonstrator, you don't need to employ any tricks or sleight of hand to make the products look impressive. But nonetheless, there's a lot of pleasure in putting on a very slick and polished demonstration and getting the message across.
1: Well, you certainly did get the message across. What I wonder is, are there any improvements in the audio restoration industry? Because it seems to me like the consumer type of products are just more of the same. And nothing comes close to what you demonstrated for Cedar Audio even many years ago. Well, it's kind of you to say
0: so. Obviously, we hope that Cedar does remain the head of the pack. Improvements in the industry over the years are really twofold. Firstly, you've got a lot more processing power available nowadays than even five years ago, let alone 20 years ago when we started out. So the nature of the algorithms that are employed can be much more hungry for both processing capability and memory bandwidth. Secondly, there are the algorithms themselves. And the mathematics of signal processing is developing, maybe not at quite the same rate as hardware development, but nevertheless there are new and very clever ideas coming out every few years. And by being so closely tied into academia... We have a good opportunity to get hold of those ideas and often develop them in parallel with the academics themselves. Uh, We have two directors who are very well-known signal processing researchers within the University of Cambridge. And that gives us the advantage of being able to tie together mathematical algorithmic development with hardware development, and hopefully to do a better job than one would do just on the standard home PC with a bit of off-the-shelf software.
1: But still, do you agree with me that there's a huge gap between the quality of Cedar audio products and everything else, the -the off-the-shelf kind of products?
0: Well, of course, I could not possibly disagree with that. But yes, I think it's also true, because you're also looking at a very significant price difference and for CEDAR to exist and to be able to command the prices that it needs to, to be able to undertake all the research, the results have to be very significantly and noticeably better than one would get from a
1: low-cost package. But I would expect for other companies to catch up with the algorithm CEDAR is using. Do they? Well, they catch up with the user interfaces,
0: and it's a never-ending source of frustration and annoyance to me, that about nine months after we release any new product idea there's a product launched from elsewhere even to the extent that the knobs have the same names and the product has the same name and we can dream up names that you wouldn't come up with by accident and still when the copies appear they are so blatant that they haven't even bothered changing the names of the functions so that is very frustrating but it's much harder for other companies to copy the fundamental algorithms than it is for them to copy the user interfaces and the methodology. So, although two products therefore may look superficially similar, the actual sonic results that you get may not be the same.
1: I've been using Waves plugins for the company I work for, and even their sonic results are not as impressive as what I've heard from Cedar Audio. So what's your opinion on Waves plugins? Like
0: everybody in the industry, I know Waves as a company and some of their products. And I have a lot of respect for other companies that do innovative and clever and productive ideas. Not necessarily always in the field of audio restoration, but in all sorts of audio processing. And I think Waves have done a good job making themselves one of the industry names over the years. Having said that, when I was talking about Sonic Solutions many, many years ago, And somebody asked me what I thought of them, and I said I thought that they were a very good company and had a fine editor. And the next thing I knew, there was some uh, discussion on the net that Gordon Reed from Cedar was advocating the use of sonic solutions. I have to be a little bit careful. So I would agree with you that if you are looking for top-end audio restoration, that I don't think that you can put Waves and Cedar into the same consideration. But that doesn't mean that I don't have respect for Waves as a company, because I do.
1: So what would be your advice for the home recording enthusiasts who'd like to do a little audio cleaning themselves?
0: The bottom line is that you can't get professional standard audio restoration from home products yet. You can remove clicks reasonably well. Crackle is a bit harder but de-hissing from low-cost packages is still a very dangerous activity because you will introduce these sort of underwater artifacts that damage the sound. And often the unpleasant artifacts are worse than the original hits, so you may be better not doing it at all.
1: And do you agree something like vinyl restoration is up to a certain standard these days? It depends what standard you want
0: to achieve. If it's a question of just copying your vinyl to some sort of digital format and getting rid of the worst of the clicks and crackle, then I think that the domestic products do that reasonably well. If you're hoping that that will sound as good as a remastered CD where the same job has been done in the studio, then the answer is that as yet you'll be disappointed. The other thing that you have to consider with all of this is that a lot of people copy their LPs to digital to make MP3s. And of course, as soon as you've made an mp3 you've thrown away a lot of information about the signal anyway and introduced various downgrading artifacts so the very highest standard of audio restoration is no longer necessarily the issue
1: i'm sure most of the research and development inside cedar audio is secret but can you share with us what to expect from audio restoration in the next few years
0: the biggest problem facing anybody involved in audio restoration and and that can be from the person doing some transcription at home, right through to a major studio, right through to a security force, is getting rid of broadband noise without introducing unwanted artefacts. The science of de-clicking and de-crackling could still be improved, but whether we're reaching the point of diminishing returns, it would be an interesting discussion. But with de-hissing, I think everybody at the top end accepts that there's still a long way to go before sort of audibly, nigh-on perfect results are achieved every time. It's the every time there that's perhaps the key point, because I could demonstrate to you the removal of hiss or things like, as you said, camera noise, which will work absolutely wonderfully on perhaps half the material or three quarters of the material. And then one day you turn up to do your job and to remove the noise from something, and it just won't quite go away without a small problem being introduced. And so algorithmic development is as much to do with making the new products reliable across all material as it is about creating a fundamental improvement for those things that are already done well
1: but all the algorithms are getting better and better right
0: oh no question about it and not only the algorithms for existing processes getting better but there are new processes being introduced and we've got a couple of things hopefully that will you know come into the public awareness
1: in maybe a few months or a year which will be new facilities that haven't been done before Oh, that sounds very exciting. What kind of services does Cedar Audio offer? And are these services available for anyone, even for home studios? What we try to
0: do is to provide services that everybody can make use of. So for the person who has one or two important recordings that they would like to have professionally cleaned up and transcribed, we offer an in-house service where we will do that for people as a bureau. And then everything in between, right up to the major studios where we actually supply the equipment that they will use to do that job, either for their own library and catalog or for their customers. What
1: we don't do is produce a very,
0: very low cost product for home studios. So in other
1: words, I can even go to see their audio with my wedding tapes and ask you to please remove the noise?
0: Yes, you can. In fact, last week we had a customer come to us who had 10 hours of recordings, which were her father's memoirs. And it turned out that her father had been a diplomat in the diplomatic service. Right at the end of his life, he'd sat on the patio of his house in Central Africa somewhere, recording these tapes of his memoirs, but did so on a faulty recorder, which introduced a lot of noise. And we cleaned that up for her. I don't know whether it's just for personal use or whether they will eventually be published.
1: And I'm sure there are lots of people in a similar position who'd like to denoise the old family recordings, the Super 8 movies and quarter-inch tapes. Well...
0: Again, it comes down to what they're hoping to get out of the material. If it's transcription and just a bit of basic cleaning up for sort of putting on video or DVD for home consumption, then their range of home computer type products out there will do it for them. If they're hoping to create something of a higher standard, perhaps for broadcast or for archiving, then they would come to Cedar and would be very happy to help them.
1: I'm, of course, very interested to hear some anecdotes about the work Cedar Audio does for all the secret agencies. You know, the surveillance tapes and other covert activities. But you probably are not allowed to share those with us, right? Almost everything that we do with
0: police and security, we can't talk about. It's very frustrating, actually, because we have a great client list in that field. And we have a range of specialist forensic dealers across the whole world. And they'll go to a new client and the client will want to know who else in their field is using the system and we can't tell them but i'm sure you can tell us a
1: little anecdote in the forensic field
0: an anecdote in the forensic field well i do have a good one but i'll have to protect the guilty by not telling you who this was i was taken by our dealer in washington dc in the usa to a very well-known american security agency And they stopped me at the gate and asked me for my photo ID before I'd be allowed through. And I said, well, I don't have photo ID. I'm British. We don't have photo ID. Well, I can't let you in then. I said, well, I'm sorry, I don't have photo ID. He said, well, do you have your driving licence with you? And I said, no, I'm in Washington, not in the UK. And besides which, my driving licence doesn't have a photo. And the security guard said, well, don't be stupid. All driving licences have photos. Yeah, maybe in the USA, but in the UK, it's a piece of green and pink paper. Well, do you have your passport? No, it's locked in the safe in the hotel, which was like an hour or two's drive away. Well, I can't let you in then, he told me. So I said, well, if you pick up your telephone and contact the head of the audio investigation department and tell him that you're holding me at the gate and not letting me in, I'll let you take responsibility. Oh, he said, picked up the telephone, had a discussion and I was let through the gate to a sort of a a guarded reception area where we went through the whole conversation again. Photo ID, don't have photo ID because I'm British. We went on and on and on. And in the end, I realised that I did have one piece of identification that had a photograph on it. I'm quite a keen diver and my advanced diving card has a photo on it. So I took out my diving license and handed it to them, just the side with the photo on and the number. And this woman said, well, why didn't you show us this before? And carefully wrote down this license number and my name in full and looked at the photograph and looked at me and said, yep, that's fine. And eventually I was let in and I went and gave my talk and my demonstration and everything worked out fine. So now, whenever I go back to this particularly large and famous, well known American security agency, which is known by three letters, I show them my diving card to let me in. And you can buy these uh, diving licenses in Australia where I've got mine. Just go into a sort of a drugstore and buy them for, I don't know, $10 or whatever.
1: <laughs> Any advice you could give to our listeners? Yeah, probably just the one. Which is
0: a cliche, but very true nonetheless. Which is that whatever you're doing with sound, you do get what you pay for. And whether that's your turntable, your amplifier, your speakers, your outboard processors, your audio
1: restoration system, whatever it is, there really aren't any shortcuts. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you'll hear a lot from Cedar Audio these coming years. Well, hopefully
0: you'll hear lots, but it'll be very clean.
1: Thank you, Gordon. Take care. Thank you, Hans. There have been some exciting new releases from Loopmasters. We're talking about download packs. When you're creating music and need a certain ingredient badly, you can simply buy it and download it right away from Loopmasters site. If you use the coupon code currently visible in the enhanced podcast you get a nice discount too. The music you're hearing right now was made by me using three brand new download packs from Loopmasters. The beats and music were taken from the Electro House Producer Pack. These are amazing beats and sounds. Well worth the small investment if you're into Electro House. The scratching is from an entirely different download pack, Scratch Loops Pack 1. Here you'll find scratches all the way from down tempo 70 beats per minute up to 170 beats per minute. A third download pack I'd like to bring to your attention is the Movie Dialogue Pack. Here you'll find some cool retro samples from old movies all licensed under Creative Commons.
0: He knew he was taking a chance on that pickup, she says.
1: It's so much more fun to add a bit of vocal effects to your instrumental track and this download pack from Loopmasters is simply perfect. And that concludes yet another episode of Sounds Good. I know it was a little later than usual, but then again, it's been pretty busy at work and I also had a holiday break in France. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode about audio restoration and the interview with Gordon Reed from Cedar Audio. If you have any recordings you'd like to be restored by professionals, there's a link to the Cedar Audio website in the show notes. Until next time, happy recording, clean sounds, and if you have any comments or questions, don't hesitate to send them to me.
0: Your promo to do more for you. Have you got a promo you want to get out there? Want to find a promo? Want to play a promo? Then promotime.podomatic.com is the place for you. What we're trying to create here is a community where you can access any promo you want and by listening your promo here, it gives you the opportunity to extend your audience. If you play a promo in your show, let us know, then the owner will be told. And as the owner, it's down to you to thank the player on air, getting you more traffic in the end. Slip on over. Take a look. Promochime.promantic.com You know it makes sense.